So we just watched a short clip from Simon Sinek, who's a teacher and an author. And he goes up to a point, and I would say that as someone who follows Jesus, he doesn't go quite far enough. Because, right, we believe that God has made people in his image. There's a way in which all men and women, boys and girls, toddlers and babies, reflect their creator. And God has put in us this embodied way of living, where there's the soul part that we can't see or measure, and the body part that we can see and touch and hug and hit and all kinds of other things. And so this release of oxy, oxytocin, as he was talking about, is part of God's design because part of God's character is that God is kind. I don't know if you know this, but if you read through the pages of the Bible, we people can be pretty stinky toward each other, can't we? We can be pretty cruel to each other, can't we? We're sinful, we're broken. In, in these ways, we don't reflect God the way we should reflect God and his character. But all along the way, throughout all of human history, God has shown us kindness. Even when we deserve to be punished, even when we deserve to have bad things, in a sense, happen to us, God was kind. And we see that most clearly in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and his death and his resurrection. And so... Today, I want to make a connection, particularly for you kids, okay? Because you've been talking about the Holy Spirit in G-Town in the month of June. And so the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One of the gifts that God gives us is the gift of himself that comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus ushered this new way of God relating to people. God's spirit isn't just in a little tent or a tabernacle or a temple. God's spirit's here in this room. And so for every man or woman or boy or girl who repents and believes, God gives that person the gift of his spirit. And the hope is that over time, the spirit who's working on the inside of you begins to produce love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in you as you reflect more and more the life that Jesus lived and the life that Jesus would live if he were living your life. So today, I want to highlight the kindness part of that. And I want to let Jesus talk to us for a moment. So in Luke chapter 10... Somebody comes to Jesus and asks Jesus a question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And the question that the man is asking is really, how do I get in with God? How do I get it to be the case that all of the promises of God apply to me and that I'm in, like Flynn, with God? And Jesus says, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man said, oh, you've got to love God and love your neighbor. And then he, uh, Jesus says, well, fine, do that and you'll live. And the man wanted, wanting to justify his actions, Luke tells us, asked Jesus another question, and who is my neighbor? So 2,000 years ago, I don't know if you would believe this or not, Sarah, 2,000 years ago, among the Jewish people that lived in Jesus' day, they would show kindness to other Jews 
And then there was a group of people that they were never kind to. And those people were the people that they called sinners. So they, they called them this word, sinners. It was any woman who was living with a man who wasn't her husband. It was any person who wasn't faithfully in synagogue every single week. And a bunch of other things. And those people were sinners. Now, the Jews of the first century believed that, yes, you should be kind to other good Jews. But for the people who were sinners, why, they deserve everything they have coming to them. And so you didn't have to show kindness to those people at all. And so Jesus tells a story to answer the man's question, who is my neighbor? And he says, a Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho and was attacked by bandits. Jesus implies by this a good person. He's on his way and he's robbed and he's beaten and he's left by the side of the road, stripped of his clothes, stripped of his money, injured and bleeding. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. A temple assistant walked over and saw him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. And then a despised Samaritan. In other words, remember that group of people that I just referred to as sinners? A sinner comes along. One of the bad people that should have bad things happen to him because he deserves it. A sinner comes along and sees this man lying by the road. And what does he do? Well, he gives him something to drink. He bandages his wounds. And he puts the man on his own donkey and takes him to an inn where he's cared for by the innkeeper. The Samaritan then says, then gives the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm through. And Jesus asked the question, which of the three men is a neighbor? So which of the three men is a neighbor? Which one? Is it the priest, the temple assistant, or the Samaritan? Samaritan. Let me ask you that question again, because you don't seem convinced. Which of the three people is actually a neighbor to the injured man? The priest, the temple assistant, or the Samaritan? The Samaritan. The Samaritan. And so Jesus says, go and do the same. Now, the people hearing this story would have expected the priest to help because he's a good person, or the temple assistant to help because he's a good person, and that's what good people do. But the person who ends up helping is somebody that they consider to be a bad person, a sinner. And so Jesus flips the entire script around by showing that the help and being a good neighbor can come from the least likely places and that your neighbor, you need to be a neighbor to anyone who has a need. And you can't distinguish whether or not they deserve your help or not. And he says, go and do the same, Jesus tells us, okay? So I want to draw out some things for you. Again, like I said earlier, it's not enough to feel kindness in your heart, Kendra. I mean, it's not enough. When you're at work and the other people, somebody shows up and they got a need, it's not enough for you to go, gosh, I feel bad for you. Like that's helpful, 
but kindness goes the extra step and actually does something. So I would say to you today, it's not enough to feel it in your heart. Again, the earliest Christians who followed Jesus went through the trash heaps of the Roman Empire, picking up discarded babies that nobody wanted because that's what kind, loving people do, right? The other reason for this is that Jesus teaches in, at the end of Matthew and he talks about sheep and goats. And he says at the end of, at the end of history on Judgment Day, people are going to be sorted into two groups, sheep kinds of people and goat kinds of people. And the difference isn't what they felt in their heart. The difference isn't what they believed to be true. The difference is one group of people gave water to somebody who was thirsty. The other group of people didn't, right? And Jesus draws that out in Matthew. Uh, the second thing that I would point out to you is that you and I don't get to decide who deserves kindness. We don't get to decide that. When I was younger, as a young pastor, I had a big chip on my shoulder against what I considered to be rich people. And I thought rich people deserve to have hard things happen to them. And rich people ought to be knocked down. And I'm not going to lift a finger to help a rich person because they can just pay for things. So why should I? And I had a chip on my shoulder about rich people. And, and God's not like that. God has no such chip on his shoulder. God makes no such distinction when he's showing kindness. Okay? If you ever find yourself saying to yourself internally things like, well, it serves them right. You know, they deserve every, everything they're getting right now. That's probably an indicator that your kindness quotient is stopped up like a bad toilet. <laughs> and you need some work of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? For those of you that live with people, kindness starts at home. Emma, kindness starts with that guy right there named Andrew <laughs> and vice versa. Like it doesn't count if you're kind to all the other medical people that you encounter. And then when you come home, you're like, a bear. Like, that's not, that's not good. That's not right, right? So show kindness to people at home. I, I got an opportunity to show kindness, what, what was it, uh, Saturday. When was Saturday? Yesterday, right? So late, late in the day on Friday, Ginger uh, messages me, and she says, I don't think my mom's going to make it. I think she's going to pass away in the next several days. I need to go to Illinois. I can't rent a car. I can't get one. There, there's none to be had. My, I don't trust my car. Do you think anybody at church would lend me theirs? And so I message her back and I go, well, I'll swap cars with you for a week, but I'll challenge you. If you put something on the church's Facebook page, I won't be the only one to offer one. Now she didn't do that, but then she showed up Saturday and she drove off in my car and uh, she had this look on her face of like disbelief. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe somebody would do this. I know what it is to have that look on my face. I don't know if you've ever had that look on your face because someone's been really kind to you. Um, at the early part of the summer, right before summer started, uh, the swim team that my wife coaches and had a team meeting. And so uh, I showed up early to help set up for the team meeting and I was walking out the door ready to go, I think, to uh, speak at some event. So I'm dressed nice. I'm on my way out. I've got this thing I've got to do. And somebody who's passing me by taps me on the shoulder and they say, 
Max, Max, I, your wife just pulled into the parking lot, and I've got to tell you, like, she's going to have a flat tire. Like, she's punctured the side of her tire, and it's just hissing. Like, it's going to be flat in a matter of minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I, I, can't, I can't solve this right now. I've got to go to this event. And so I see one of the other coaches coming into the meeting, and I say, hey, would you give my wife a ride home? I'm going to have to come back and change her tire. So I go to the event. I speak at the event. I'm done. It's late. I'm driving back, and I go to the parking lot where the team meeting was, expecting to see her van, but the parking lot's empty. And I go home, and there's the van, and the tire's been changed. And who changed it? Coach Cody. He stayed, and he did that so that I didn't have to write one act of kindness. And I'll tell you, I had that same look on my face. What? You changed her tire? Thank you. Right? Oxytocin's released. The work of the Spirit's moving, right? So I want to challenge you today to let God's Spirit work in you to, to change you and to change your heart so that you'll reflect God's heart toward other people and show them kindness. This isn't about being nice. It's about being kind, and there's a difference. There's a difference. And if you don't know what it is, kids, talk to your mom and dad. And then maybe if mom and dad are confused, they'll come to the church house. I'm like, I don't even know myself, <laughs> okay? So uh, I want to pray for us, and then I want to ask uh, you to ask a question of each other. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you again for the gift of today. Thank you that you have showed us kindness after kindness, mercy after mercy, second chance after second chance. You are kind, compassionate, and slow to anger. Thank you for how you deal with us. And thank you that when we confess our sins and our shortcomings and regrets and all of that to you, you forgive freely and you don't hold back or hold grudges. Thank you, God. You are amazing. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.